Welcome to A Life in Film. I'm Elliot James Langridge, I'm an actor, writer and apparently a podcaster, and I love film. This is the podcast that we ask our guests from in front and behind the camera, how did they get their foot in the door? What was the key to unlocking their success? What's their story? Previous guests include Tommy Flanagan, Andrea Riseborough, Jason Fleming and Natalie Emmanuel. Today's guest is actor Jeffrey Pierce. He's recently been on our screens in HBO's hugely popular The Last of Us. If you're one of the millions of people watching the show, you might also recognise his voice. Jeffrey has lent his voice to many computer games over the years, including Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, and The Last of Us Part 1 and 2. But in the game, he voices Tommy. A real veteran of his craft, he started his career as part of the American Shakespeare Company. Since then, he's been in a huge list of TV and film projects, including Justified, Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I've only just realised how bad that title is, having to have to say it out loud. Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, okay. Bosch and Castle Rock. As always, we talk about where it all began for him. We talk about why he took Matt Damon's place in the Bourne Conspiracy video game, the latest on The Last of Us Part 3, and what he's most scared of. If you haven't started watching The Last of Us, be aware there will be spoilers. It's a laugh and fail. 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 It's a laugh and How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Very good. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate there's probably loads of people trying to chat to you right now. So um, I really appreciate you coming on. I am getting tired of the sound of my own voice for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try not tread the same ground. I'll try and I'll try and be a bit different. Ask you a few different (laughs) questions to everyone else. (laughs) You got it, man. Absolutely. Um, so Jeffrey, what we usually do with this podcast is the whole kind of purpose of this podcast is to tread back to when you began and, and what kind of, you know, started your, you know, whether it be in the acting or, you know, whatever, obviously you're an actor, we talk to producers, directors, writers, and going back and seeing where that passion came from. Um, so we'll get to that. But first of all, I'd like to start off with like a kind of quick round questions just to kind of, you know, get the brain going and um, <laughs> and see what comes out first. If you're happy to do that, some quick fire questions. Sure, I'll do, I'll do what I can. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. What are you most scared of? 
What am I most scared of? Straight um, into this question. <laughs> wow. You know, I have been working really hard to just sort of like not be scared, if that makes sense. Um, my friend Troy Baker, who played Joel in the game, um, turned me on to stoicism. Just sort of the idea of being able to embrace the idea of things that scare you, imagine your way through them so that when they actually happen, you're able to handle it in a reasonable way. So I think probably at one point in my life, death scared the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. And now I've sort of have come to terms with, you know, the end will come when it comes. And in the meantime, uh, uh, I will try to face things with as much calm as possible. Um, Love that. I think that Love if that. I have fears, they're exterior to me. You know, the the idea of of, of losing people close to me. That, I mean, I, mm -hmm. it's probably my biggest fear. As a mm -hmm. as a father, like you're 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 uh, you're you know as a, a mature father, the idea of losing my daughter. I mean, you you realize like that's everything. The kid is mm -hmm. the most important thing I could possibly imagine. So if I have fears, they're more related to that than anything else. Yeah, that's a great answer. I think any young actor that had been doing it two minutes for the, you know a couple of years in their twenties would be like. Not getting a job would be, <laughs> you know, what would be the main fear. But that that is obviously a much deeper, um, and that's that's broad a broader thinking, isn't it, than just thinking about yourself, um, yeah, about it, those it, around you. It's uh, yeah. Once you sort of like embrace parenthood, all the sort of narcissism that uh, may have been there goes away because you're no longer the most important thing in the world. <laughs> Very good, and a lighter question. What was the first movie you ever saw or you remember seeing? Uh, I remember I remember a lot of TV as a little kid in the 70s. I think the first movie that I remember seeing in the theater was probably uh, <laughs> the first R-rated movie that I saw was Stripes with my parents. <laughs> yes. Wow, with your parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and, and Star Wars, the first one, I think 16 different birthdays over the course of of the time I was in the theaters, I saw Star Wars. So, you know, formational. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you watched Stripes with your parents. That must have been quite traumatic. I, I think like... it was probably, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was quite an experience. <laughs> Got a little, little education there. <laughs> and last question, most important and serious question. Who was your celebrity crush growing up? Who was my celebrity crush? Well, obviously, it starts with Princess Leia, um, and then everyone compares to her. Then for then Karen Allen in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, uh, those were, were two women I was deeply in love with as a child. <laughs> very good, very good. So, if we may, I'd love to go back and talk about how you know where the passion for acting came from, and and and, and how this all started for you. I believe that Shakespeare was kind of your your beginning. Yeah, I, I wanted to be Han Solo more than anything in the entire world. And then I wanted to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> and uh, and everybody around me was like, no, that's that's probably not going to happen. So I decided that I was going to be a, oh boy, I was <laughs> like fifth grade. I decided that I was going to be, if I couldn't be Indiana Jones or Han Solo, I was going to be a professional Olympic fencer. So... I mean, fifth grade, 
taking the metro to downtown DC to take fencing lessons, like alone in fifth grade, like not getting dropped off by parents. This is the, you know, the early, late seventies, early eighties. When things, I don't know, maybe my parents were like, well, if he doesn't get it back, we, we've got it. We've got, we got an older kid. So one, one will do. And so I did that for a while. And that was, that was great. Um, and then in sixth grade, I got cast as the lead in, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a short version of, uh, 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 <laughs> of Midsummer Night's Dream. And at that point, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was going to be somehow I was going to get to be Indiana Jones or Han Solo. And Shakespeare was the introduction to that. <laughs> um, and I never looked back. I mean, I certainly got sidetracked a lot between sixth grade and when I started working professionally. But I knew uh, that my sort of guiding light was going to get me back to what I was in love with, which was acting. Mm. Well, you have so many credits and there's like a complete vast... <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy to look like, you know, streaming through the credits. I was like, wow, you, you've been in everything. I mean, like all these big TV shows that I kind of, you know, grew up watching. I'm thinking, wow, you got to have a, a go in all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you you obviously as well, you've, you, you're quite well known for doing video games as well. Um, that's no secret, obviously, with The Last of Us, but then also the show that you went into. And we'll talk about, uh, I want to obviously know, obviously originally playing, um, you know, a completely different character in the game. Um, so I want to talk about that a little bit later before we skip all the way ahead to that. Um, how did you get involved with, you know, your first few computer games? I mean, stretching from like playing Jason Bourne to Call of Duty, like how did you get involved in that world? Because from going from like, you know, being interested in Shakespeare to then doing computer game voices and and then also tv like film all these different things um how did the video games come about well it's kind of an interesting journey i i had done repertory theater for about five years and then i went to new york for a little while and then i realized that if i couldn't sing and dance on a professional level there was not going to be a lot of work outside of the law and order franchise so I went to LA and uh, I was a 26 year old, uh, well-honed classical Shakespearean actor who did not go to Juilliard. And I, 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 what I had going for me was I had my SAG card, like I was in the union, but it was not really impressive to <laughs> people on the other side of the table that I had done a lot of Shakespeare. Because that didn't tell them anything yeah. about my ability to to do TV and film, yeah. Um, and so it was an interesting process of feeling like, look, I, I really like have worked on my voice and my body and my technique and my character work. I'm I got skills, but it's like everybody else who's twenty six has been here since they were nineteen, and they have resumes that long. Um, and so I just hustled and worked and got indoors and finally started to work and when I started working I, I refused to stop um, until the writer's strike and I think that was 15 years ago oh my god was it yeah oh my and I, I had been was... on a really you know lovely string of just like job to job to job mm. and um, 
you know, it was, it was, uh, it was great. I would never, I never, <laughs> I'd had some great jobs, but I never had any jobs that lasted long enough to be like, well, I've got half a million dollars in the bank. So let's, uh, let's okay. say no to work. Um, I would get the calls and I would take the next gig and, you know, and, and we would just sort of like live life. I was married at the time and it was great. Um, I'm still, still married. Um, but yeah, you don't sound like that, that, uh, that's the, the past now. <laughs> no, I was married at the time and still am, am married. And uh, still happily is, married. Which is also incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, even but, more uh, incredible. Yeah. In the it's, film industry as well. In the film industry, it's, it's astonishing. Like platinum <laughs> anniversary at this point. Um, but uh, I did a pilot for uh, 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 a cop show called Long Island Confidential. And then the strike began basically the minute that we wrapped. And for about eight or eight months or so that everybody, all work was stopped. Uh, they kept saying, it's going to get picked up. It's going to series. As soon as the strike is over, they're going to pick it up. And we, of course, got to the end of the strike. And they said, and no, we're not, to, we're not going anywhere. Uh, so I needed to work. Um, so I called my agent and I said, hey, you know, whatever's going on, Throw my hat in the ring, and I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'd be happy to read for anything right now. And she called me back and said, "How about video games?" And I said, "Fuck yeah, that sounds great." Um, I went down and I met with the producers and I read for Jason Bourne, and they got the entire cast of the movie except for Matt Damon, because his oh, wow. his mom, was, you know, despite all of his, you know, action work. His mom was in the, or maybe is still in the violence in video games board of directors. So he turned down $1 million for four hours of voiceover work uh, oh, and wow. did not do the game to my great fortune. Unfortunately, yeah. they did not pay me a million dollars for, for four hours. I was going to say, what a great pay packet they gave you there. <laughs> they, I did not slide into the Matt Damon demographic. Um Wow. I, uh, but, uh, it was great. And it, 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 uh, I had a great time doing it and it reminded me of how important all the voice work that I did doing Shakespeare could be to my work beyond the camera. And then I did another one called prototype with the same people. Um, and then from there, uh, I got my first audition for the last of us. And that was my first time in, motion capture and i loved it because it was like being a little kid playing indiana jones again where it's all play and imagination and working mm -hmm. together to sort of like you know you don't worry about coming around to your close-up or you know the 16 hour days you're doing an eight hour day and all it is is about doing the best work you possibly can using your voice and your body and everything that you hone early on as an actor is brought to the motion capture stage and in a lot of ways, it made me fall back in love with the craft. Oh, wow. I mean, it must be strange to look back on now because obviously The Last of Us, both the games are incredibly popular um, and just kind of, well, they're groundbreaking. Um, yeah. I, I've played both of them. And at the time when you were making it, did you have any inkling? And for the audience, I just want to point out, you played Tommy in the computer game. Um, I yeah did you have any inkling that it was going to be as huge as it has become yeah 
I mean, I did. <laughs> like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, look, you do some things, you're like, man, I'm not sure how this is going to play. I'm not sure if this works. Um, you, you're trusting uh, that somebody's maybe going to fix a bad script in the editing bay um, or a mediocre script is going to get better when they have a chance to sort of splice it all together. But when you get handed a script and it just fucking works, like the simplest moments just work. Uh, we did Sarah's death scene and I say one word, I say Joel and the entire scene and moments leading up to that were just unbelievably good uh, and that moment happened and it just all sang and everybody I think in that performance capture room at Sony everybody knew what we had just done and I could feel what Troy had just done and like it was just absolutely electric and I told Neil at the time 15 year olds all over the world are going to stand in front of their TVs weeping for the first time since they were a little kid this is like the power of art what it can do and that's exactly what happened so I, I'm proud that I, I'm able to say with no compunction whatsoever yes I knew that this thing was going to catch fire obviously there were a million hours put into it after we finished what we did, but what they built on top of Neil's writing and our performances, uh, man, it is something, it'll be the first thing that they mention in my obituary, I'm sure. How long, how long before, when you did all the recording for that and all the performance capture, how long before, like when you did all of that, how long did it take to come out after you'd finished the, you know, you'd finished the job, but then you had and to sort of, like Wait. two and a half years, two years, I think. Wow. Yeah. It's That's a long crazy. process. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like they are painting, uh, especially for that first one, they did all of the uh, faces and perform captured, you know, they had video of our faces, but we didn't have dots on. Mm -hmm. So they captured everything and then they painted all our faces by hand, which is wow. ridiculous. <laughs> you know, um, it took so long. <laughs> yeah but it, i mean it took that long on the second game too maybe it took even a little bit longer mm -mm. and how, what was the process from going obviously playing that character in the game but then obviously playing in the series i mean you were obviously the the people that made the game have been involved with the series was it a, a normal kind of audition process or they knew that you they wanted you in there somewhere like how what what was the process there uh, they knew that they wanted Troy and Ashley and I in there somewhere, and Meryl obviously. Um, the the the, I think the sort of from the beginning, Craig and Neil wanted to make sure that the DNA of the game was intact. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I, I you know I I messaged Neil early on in the process, uh, saying hey, if I can support in any way, if I can carry a spear, I will be there. Um, and they had me read for one part and it was not a good fit, uh, uh, despite my best efforts. <laughs> and so, and they called it two weeks later and sent me the two scripts with Perry and said, Hey, this is, you know, if you want to do this, we would love to have you play this part. I don't want to, uh, well, in fact, I feel like we should just talk about it in depth and I'll, I'll say this is a spoiler alert because people, the, you know, people should be up to date by now and I will I will plaster it all over so people don't get, you know, don't ruin the show for them. But <laughs> you're, there's a particular scene with your character 
the I so far, I mean, at the moment we're like you know part of the way through the series, but I feel like you've stolen the best moment of the series so far <laughs> with the with the yeah, I'd yeah. say it the death the yeah, the, yeah. the head ripping of <laughs> well, that when that it was, was an incredible moment. <laughs> Craig's uh Craig's first email to me said, "I guarantee you, you have the best death of the first season." Without question. So, so he he has he held true to that. <laughs> There's plenty of death yet to come in the show, but in terms it's not of not as uh, good, <laughs> iconic. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that is the moment. I mean, like I remember seeing the animation for that when we were doing game two because I had to do Tommy deaths if he gets killed by a bloater. Yeah, and just the feeling and popping and then fade to black. It's like holy shit. I mean the game is brutal and so is the show they've really kept to that and they've they've really it's got the feel and everything about it the music and the way it looks has really captured it and it must be it must be great for you guys having obviously you you've worked with this team for years um doing the games and and, and now working with them on this it must be so great to think oh what you've done here really is make the first video game adaptation that lives up to the game I mean, mm. there's very few that are even half decent, let alone actually living up to something so good as, you know, The Last of Us was incredible. But, um, yeah, that that's... People were all saying it before it came out. It was like, is this going to be the one? The one, like, show that actually lives up or film that shows up to the original game? And um, I yeah. think you guys have really done that. Well, um, there's it, no holds it, barred. It starts, with, it starts with the simplicity of a story and characters that work. Uh, and it's simple, but doing that is obviously very difficult because most of the time the story and characters do not click. And it's not, you know, uh, it, it's not for lack of trying. It's just what what starts as the foundation for the entire thing is the story and the relationship between the characters. And having that, everything that you build on top of it is built on a really solid foundation. Um, and there is such a care for that initial layer that everything that comes on top of it, the people doing that work want to support what came before. Mm. And so in all the iterations in the PlayStation three version, it was amazing. And then when they remastered for four, I was like, I don't know how they could do better. And then they redo it again for yeah. part one. And it's just incredible. And then everybody who came and brought their efforts to the sets and to the design and to the wardrobe were massive fans of the game. So everybody's trying to build on what came before and not let anybody down at any of the different layers. And this is what we get. And it looked my favorite thing is it looks effortless. Yeah. Like it looks like it just is, but they built, you know, for that cul-de-sac 16 houses and laid blacktop and they've got like 30 or 40 cars out there covered in fungus and and moss and it's just like and it looks like nobody broke a sweat um yeah, it's incredible it's impressive yeah it's mad isn't it and it, the fact that you know in england we've got it it's on a, on a platform called sky here um hbo obviously in america um but I kind of, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I saw the trailers and I was like, it looks good, but I don't want to get my hopes up. Um, 
but when I watched that first episode, I was blown away, and it's it immediately like I'm playing the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think the great thing is I know people that are watching it that haven't played it, and they're as sucked in as the people that have played the game, and that's best of both worlds, isn't it? You've got yeah. a whole new audience now as well that might even know, go and play the game. I know that Evan, who's the DP for three, four, and five, who's a brilliant DP, is very frustrated that they're running commercials. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And he has directly messaged Sky and be like, please stop doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't stop the tension, like the tension, the build yeah. the tension. Just, and the like, you know, just like do a block of commercials at the beginning or end. Just, you know, stop interrupting what we're trying to do. <laughs> come on sky <laughs> come on i am um, i saw something funny actually um before i watched episode five um I, I was i was looking up and i was i was reading about your character anyway um and i then i realized i was going to see the spoilers because the episode had just come out that day um but then there were some people saying that um they were like oh is he still alive i was like when i watched it i was like um i don't I don't think he is. I don't, I don't, in, in our hearts. I mean, in our yeah, hearts. I mean, he's I, still I don't alive think he can come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a, uh, yeah, you'll be like, actually, you heard it here first. He returns in the second yeah, season. <laughs> yeah. Perry, Perry still, come on, walk it off, Perry. You yeah, got walk it off. Just stick your head back on. <laughs> Do you, um, I mean, they did obviously the remaster, as you mentioned there, of the first game. Did you did they re-record anything for that, or was it all the original uh, voice work that you did? All the original work. I think they may have done a couple bits and pieces with Troy and Ashley, mm. uh, but everything else they just drew from what was already there. Oh wow! Yeah, that's amazing because I I played that as well. <laughs> yeah. Share a proper proper game geek, but um, it's amazing as you said how they can improve on the original when the original is so beloved um and it made me think maybe yeah there might have been a few extra bits obviously with the other characters there was but um it felt like a different game you know what was weird for me was that when i played the part one version i was like well this is exactly how i remember the ps3 experience yeah 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 uh although the, the fidelity is about you know 10 times better but the experience mm. of it that I had was the same, like the emotional journey, like the yeah. the journey of 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 the story had the same weight and impact. And I was like, well, this is exactly how I remember it. And then I come back and look at, at the, the cinematics from three. I'm like, it's mad, man. It's just you know two different worlds. The difference, <laughs> and they really, I mean, the the step up um, with the remastered as well, and with the sequel um just the kind of facial expressions and the emotion but the funny thing is as you say yeah you when you played the first game that all of that was there i guess your mind just fills in the gaps um I, yeah yeah I, it'll be interesting to see uh people who have played the games and then watched the show and then play the multiplayer will they it, it, like how does the experience translate mm, mm, mm. i yeah, think what? it's the thing that's cool for me to think about is people who watch the show and are like, well, I want to play that game. And then they're like, holy shit, the game is as good as the show. And then you like jump in and play multiplayer and like live in that world. What a cool sort of like yeah, you know, ebb and flow. It's it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And multiplayer's definitely. gonna be badass. <laughs> yeah, is that so is that I mean, it probably there's probably someone aiming at you through the window right now if I ask you questions about what's next for The Last of Us in terms of 
<clears throat> that kind of thing. I mean, can you yeah. can you say anything about oh, what's coming I can, with the I can say with full forthrightness and honesty, we are not currently in production <laughs> on part three. Uh, okay. If they are, I have no clue about it. Um, and so any sort of like any rumors out there, like part three is underway, uh, as far as I know, are absolutely not true. Uh, very Neil, convincing. You're very convincing. Well, <laughs> I, I, it, here's the thing. Like, the truth is, like, I, I, if I had signed an NDA and couldn't talk about it, I would just say I can't talk about it. Yeah, sure. I like Neil's point of view on it, that if they can't figure out what story to write, it doesn't matter. They're not going to do it. Mm, um, well, fair so, enough, yeah. Yeah. but that, They've done I, so I, well. I, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that, that Sony's like, are you sure you don't want to do a game that you don't really want to do? Because we'd like to make a lot of money off this. Mm. But Naughty Dog has been so successful that they can say, yeah, yeah. we don't want to do it, uh, which is great. Because the amount of hours and effort that it takes to make those games is astronomical. So positioned as they are, why would you make anything half-assed? Yeah. So, it, you know, hopefully there will be a part three, but it, there will only be a part three if all the stars align. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like the Uncharted games. They've I've, apparently they've decided not to do any more. And I think yeah. they were so great as well. And it feels like, you know, that's a great decision because you don't want to drag something out or or do something as you say half-assed and and then it'd be like oh you've tainted the kind of tainted the whole thing really so i think you yeah. know if that's yeah. the decision they make that's that's the right decision yeah yeah i told them i said whatever you do you make godfather one and godfather two of video games do not make godfather three unless it's not going to be godfather three <laughs> exactly now for a quick break. Are you a writer and director, actor, costume designer, perhaps makeup artist? Are you interested in camera? This is the place to share your journey. We want to hear from you. How did you start your career? Has it started yet? And perhaps if you're feeling brave, share with us your most embarrassing film-related moment. So slip into our DMs at Life in Film Pod on Instagram. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lifeinfilm where you'll get episodes early and uncut amongst other treats. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us a positive rating. Add us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Life in Film Pod, and find our video episodes on YouTube by searching Elliot James Language Life in Film. Essentially, please like and subscribe everything. It makes a huge difference. Thank you. This is also a space we'd like to fill with sponsors and advertisement for like-minded podcasts. So please get in touch. And back to the show. I feel like I've geeked out enough at The Last of Us, so I'll, I'll move on now. But I really, uh, genuinely, really big fan of the show, and um, you must be just overwhelmed with like the the reception it's had, and what a, what an amazing <laughs> thing to be a part of. Well, it it is. It, I'm in a nice sort of like bubble, far away from Hollywood, so it, you know I can just sort of privately enjoy that that it's it's being loved out there without dealing with any of any sort of like firsthand uh 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 ridiculousness of the the nature of its success but yeah i'm really happy it's such it's such a profoundly good group of people like top to bottom like i love these people and i'm so glad that it's doing well for all of our sakes amazing yeah. i had to ask um obviously in your 
credit list and all the things you've done i mean from things like the west wing to like you you know you've had like guest parts in like some of the biggest shows on tv what is it like um just to put into context i'm i'm an actor as well and i find it really difficult to go in and do one episode of something and be in a few scenes and then leave i feel like the pressure especially if it's something i've never done anything as big as say the west wing but what's it like to go in and do a small part in a huge show like that where you, you know, you're familiar with everyone that's in it. You're familiar with the writers and everything else. What, how do you deal with that pressure? Cause I feel like that's even worse than headlining a film in a way. It's uh, you know, West Wing was interesting because <laughs> I love all of those actors. And I like my, my daughter is 12 and I was like, look, we got to watch some, some quality acting because she's interested in like maybe this is something she wants to do mm-hmm. i said so we got to stop like you know the disney shows are great the marvel shows are fun it's all good but you got to see some like writing and acting and you got to know that that's what the bar is and if this is something you want to do you got to try and hit that bar so i had seen west wing you know uh, uh watched the entire thing on dvd and several times and so we watched it and and just they're all so good and the writing is so good and fortunately for me i had only seen like two episodes before i went in and worked on so i knew how great everybody was but i didn't know exactly how great it was so it was not like a high pressure situation um yeah it was it was a yeah i'm glad that that was the case because you watch it and you're like man they these these guys and girls are just absolutely soaring. Like they can do no wrong. Alice and Janney cannot misstep. Like none of them, there's no like, you know, half-assedness. So I think if I had known what I was walking into, it would have felt a little bit more pressure packed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I was I was uh, glad to be a little bit blind to it until afterwards. It's a good way to go about it actually, because you need to know just enough for your character and you can do your homework on that. But to actually, if you watch an entire show, that's where it kind of starts to get in your head, I think. Um, well, I think that their experience had been people did come and get like a little bit starstruck. But since I had not like been watching on a weekly basis, I just showed up and was like, uh, you know, I booked the job. I'll come in and just do the job. And they're like, do you want to see the West Wing? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's go see the West Wing. So we went to the Oval Office and they showed me all around in it. And I, and I think they were surprised with how like, laid back about the entire experience I was and Martin Sheen and they were so welcoming I mean Aaron was there and 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 Martin Sheen was like the most gracious welcomer and he he and I worked together again maybe five or six years later on a a film and like he remembered me just like it was wow they were a great bunch of of folks he's a legend he's he's like one of the you know one of the kind of icons from that era and have you ever seen them ever seen uh is it called heart of darkness the documentary about apocalypse now (laughs) yeah well you know it's interesting because i spent a i spent time sort of going back and watching his work in that in preparation for last of us because what he does his listening is as good as anybody who has ever done it and the intensity that is just boiling under the surface 
between him and everybody else on the boat when he's you know dealing with all this stuff and it's you know there's a lot of uh, of the voiceover stuff that he's dealing with but his silent work and his ability to be there and take in and have just an underlying intensity was something that I wanted to sort of I wanted to review and man he is one of the best at it he's yeah he's incredible and he's very good at he can do comedy he can do drama he can do a bit of everything um not so much comedy in apocalypse now but uh, <laughs> that that film sounds like it was an absolute nightmare to make but then it just shows you it's a classic so sometimes yeah. you've got to go through the fire <laughs> yeah yeah to make no, something I, great i've been lucky i've never i've never been on a set that had anything like that undercutting what the work that everybody's trying to do and i feel very very fortunate not to have that's the fear isn't it i, I feel like that it always feels like that's going to be the next job if you know you get on a set and suddenly it's just like an absolute nightmare no one's getting on there's fire over there and something else going on and, and i've never personally had it either so i'm touch wood for both of us that that <laughs> that yeah. won't happen but you hear those horror stories and you think oh my god how can you even how can you even do your best work when you're trying to well that i mean it starts starts with the producers i mean craig and neil on the last of us have a stated policy no assholes doesn't matter nice perfect for the part uh established name asshole fuck off we're not yeah great anybody on board to spoil what everybody else is trying to do and that is i think the only policy that anybody should have yeah love that that's great (laughs) yeah i i have to ask um this is a this is a new thing that I've started doing with the podcast, and I haven't really tried it too many times before, so we'll see how well it goes. But you know the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, do you have any idea what your Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon are? Could you connect your career to his in any way? Like, figure out what film and what actor links you to him? Hey, I'm Kevin Bacon. It's Six Degrees of Kevin It's pretty easy. My brother is a, a brilliant photographer in New York, and he, for a long time, shot all the celebrities that came through for USA Today. So I'm uh, one degree of, of Kevin Bacon because my brother has photographed him. I'll <laughs> see. That's better than what I've got. I've got a longer <laughs> list. I, th- this is the thing. I've only tried this twice, and both times, what I've got is not the closest link. So obviously the internet is a little bit behind, but um, that's great. So you're one degree. That's impressive. I'll tell you what I've got here. I've got you. Then you were in a film called Any Day Now. Mm-hmm. Then Greg Henry was in that movie. Greg Henry was then in Super, which had Kevin Bacon in it. So that's a rubbish link. That's a, that's no no not even close. So you you've definitely won that there. You've got the better answer for sure. Yeah, it's good to have a brother who's spent you know fifteen minutes in rooms with everybody. I'm one degree from so many people. What's your What's your brother's name? Todd. Todd. So, it, how did that happen? Were you? I mean, obviously, it's a completely different job, but. He went into fo- photographing actors and famous people and everything else, and you went into the acting. Yeah. Was there any sort of? Did you ever? I'm obviously presume he's taken your picture. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but not in a long time. I mean, he's a he is 
really, really good. Um, and he knew what he wanted to do from the time he was in high school. We were both lucky that we knew what we wanted to do because then you can start making choices that guide you in that direction before you even get out the door of high school. So he got into photography. He knew where he was going to go. He went to Parsons School of Art and Design and did like a five-year, two-degree program there and bam, out in the world and, and shooting right away. Um, super proud of him. Before I leave you to your day, um, I would like to ask one last question. <laughs> yeah, sure. I <laughs> I was uh you reliving I it. <laughs> found, I, yeah, absolutely. Um I had uh found that like like wow, you know, like if I have nice hot tea, it drops my register really nicely and like just frees my voice in a heartbeat. Uh and I've been doing like a lot of uh games and voiceover and stuff and like it made walking into a, a booth really easy. And said, well, I'll just take hot tea to this next uh, on-camera audition. It's going to be great. Um, and just sort of like bring my voice right into the chest register and open it right up. What a good idea. So I drove across town with my hot tea, sipping it on the way. I was like, wow, this is really hot tea. This is a great thermos. Sat in the waiting room with my tea, drinking my tea and getting ready for the audition. And it took a while. It was a little warm in there and i was like oh oh no i'm like wow i'm this hot tea it's got me started to sweat and as soon as i started to think about the fact that the hot tea was making me sweat it made me laugh because i thought they're gonna think that i'm having like a flop sweat and as soon as i started to think about that the the hilarity of that made me sweat even more so the girl comes out and she's like Mr. Pierce, we're ready for you. I stood up and like, I had sweat through this dress shirt like you wouldn't fucking believe. It was hilarious. So I walk into this room on camera and just, I was a sweat stain. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I got in my car and laughed for like 15 minutes. I don't think I ever auditioned for that casting director ever again because it was like, it was, looked like I had had a nervous breakdown. And I have never awesome. taken hot tea to an audition ever since. <laughs> Too much hot tea. You need to have half the amount and maybe just like, you know. Oh, you better <laughs> be in fucking London and it's, you know, 12 hey. degrees out. In, that, in which case, hot tea is an excellent idea. But yeah, summer in L.A., not a good look. Oh, Jeffrey, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. It's been I've really enjoyed just chatting and geeking out. And um, yeah, all the best for whatever's next for you. And um, yeah, man, to you as well. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate you it. it. Cheers. Cheers, Take man. Take care. Here's the laugh and film, motherfuckers. Subscribe and like and follow. Here's the Thank you to our guest Jeffrey, and thank you to Butchworld. The Last of Us is on Sky and Now TV in the UK, and HBO around the world now.